Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Most of us know Rosa Parks as the African-American woman who quietly but firmly refused to give up her bus seat to a white person on December 1st, 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama. That small act of resistance sparked the year-long Montgomery bus boycott, which, in turn, kick-started national efforts to end racial segregation in the United States. In honor of that, we wanted to fill in some of the often misunderstood circumstances surrounding Park's resistance. To start with, this wasn't some totally random act. Park's was a lifelong activist, and she came from a family of activists. Park's was born in 1913 to James and Leona McCauley, The couple separated two years later, and Park's mother moved the family to her parents' farm in Pine Level, Alabama. Park's grandparents, Rose and Sylvester Edwards, were former slaves who strongly believed in racial equality. 
one of Park's early memories was of her grandfather standing guard with his shotgun as the Ku Klux Klan marched down their street, and of him telling her stories about Black history and courageous figures like Crispus Attucks, Harriet Tubman, and Marcus Garvey. In 1932, when she was 19, Rosa McCauley married Raymond Parks, an active member of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP. Parks began her civil rights activism shortly after graduating from high school and continued until shortly before her death in 2005 at age 92. She served for years as secretary to the president of NAACP's Montgomery chapter. Parks also worked on issues such as voter registration, desegregation of schools and public spaces, and justice for black victims of white brutality. In addition, she participated in numerous major civil rights events, such as the 1963 March on Washington and the 1965 Selma to Montgomery March. Parks was also an activist for women's rights and ending the Vietnam War. At one time, she served on the board of Planned Parenthood. When she made her famous stand, it wasn't her first interaction with the bus driver. The driver, James E. Blake, often made derogatory marks to African Americans, especially women. He also made Black people get off his bus after paying, then reboard in the rear. Sometimes he'd drive away before they got back on. Twelve years before the boycott, in 1943, Blake tried to make Parks reboard after paying. She refused, and he tried to push her off the bus. After that, Parks avoided Blake's bus no matter what. But on that fateful day, she didn't notice Blake was the driver when she stepped on board. Her family reports that Parks was distracted thinking about Emmett Till, as news had just come out that his lynchers were going to go free. But about that famous stand, in telling the story, sometimes it's mistakenly said that she sat in the whites' only section. What really happened was this. In 1955, Montgomery's buses had 36 seats. The first 10 were reserved for white people, the middle 16 were first-come, first-serve, with priority given to white people, and the last 10 were for black people. Parks sat down in the first row of the middle section, next to a black man. Two black women sat across the aisle. The other black people got up when Blake told them to. Parks, as we know, did not. And she didn't refuse to give up her bus seat because her feet hurt. She wrote in her autobiography, I was not tired physically, or no more tired than I usually was at the end of a working day. I was not old, although some people have an image of me as being old then. I was 42. No, the only tired I was was tired of giving in. Several months before Parks refused to give up her seat, 15-year-old Claudette Colvin did the same thing. But unlike Parks, Colvin made a scene and was physically removed by police officers. Some say Parks' refusal ignited the boycott and not Colvin's because Parks was calm, polite, and slightly older, which made her a more sympathetic figure. And Parks was well-known and liked in the community through her work with the NAACP, However, it was Colvin, not Parks, who was part of the lawsuit changing the constitutionality of bus segregation in Montgomery. You may have seen photos of Parks' mugshot or being fingerprinted, but those are not from that first famous arrest. They're from two months later, with the Montgomery bus boycott going strong, when Parks was helping arrange carpool rides to people who refused to ride the buses. On February 21st, 1956, a grand jury indicted Parks and others for violating an Alabama law prohibiting organized boycotts. Once again, Parks was arrested and jailed. The Montgomery bus boycott lasted 381 days and ended when the Supreme Court said segregation on public transportation was unconstitutional. Although the boycott was a success, it threw Rosa and Raymond Parks' life into turmoil. Montgomery Fair Department Store, where Parks worked as a seamstress, fired her. 
Raymond was also fired from his job after his boss said he couldn't talk about Rosa or the boycott at work. The couple, who had received threatening phone calls, death threats, and hate mail during the boycott, continued to receive them for years after. In 1957, after neither could find steady employment in Montgomery, they joined Rose's brother and cousins in Detroit, taking along her mother, Leona. But even in Detroit, Parks had trouble finding work. Finally, in 1965, she was hired as an administrative assistant for Congressman John Conyers Jr., a position she held until her 1985 retirement. Parks died in 2005, and her body lay in honor at the U.S. Capitol Rotunda, the first woman to receive that distinction. But she remained an activist all her life. In 1994, at the age of 81, she was mugged by a young black man, a crime that many pundits saw as a sign of decaying values in young people. But Parks saw it differently. She said at the time, I hope to someday see an end to the conditions in our country that would make people want to hurt others. Today's episode was written by Melanie Redziki McManus and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.